What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the You're Still Here podcast. Today is not Wednesday, unfortunately. Once again, I wanted to get you this podcast on a Wednesday. I really did. Why is that? Because I know you did nothing on Wednesday. Think back to your Wednesday. Do it right now. What'd you do? You can't even remember. If you were summoned to court, you know those things, you see them in movies, you see them on court TV, don't even know if that's still a channel, but they say, where were you on the night of October 5th, 2012? I don't have no clue. I have zero clue. Wait, are you allowed to use your device? Hold on, let me check my snap stories. It keeps a digital track. Can you use that? Is that admissible in court? We all know about that story about that guy who was let off of death row because he appeared in the background of a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode, which happened to be shot in uh, Dodger Stadium, and he was in the background to prove he couldn't have been at the crime scene. So can you use your Snapchat for that now? Well, as you can see, I was taking selfies in the bathroom of Planet Fitness. But even with that said, I really wanted to get this to you on a Wednesday, and I don't want to be the guy giving excuses, because I'm at that point in my life, I finally understand where, you know, an older person, when you made an excuse, it just didn't matter, even it was fully legitimate. Like, you don't understand, I got T-boned on the highway, Mr. Jenkins, and oh my god, and they just don't care, nothing is a legitimate excuse. I finally get what they were talking about, you just don't want to hear anything, even if it's the most gruesome excuse. I think by the time you get older, you've been given so many fake excuses through the years, whether it's, oh, why are you not available, why was your homework not done, why did you not show up on time to work, why did you not fill this out by the deadline, you've been fed so many lies through the years that any real excuse, it's like the boy who cried wolf times a million plus however many years you've been alive. And that just makes you never want to hear any sort of excuse. It just doesn't matter. I remember my baseball coach in high school used to regurgitate to say, you know, you know what excuses are? They're like assholes. Everyone, I don't know why he's speaking like a 1920s detective, but everyone's got one and they all stink. I hate cliche sayings that everybody uses. I mean, you guys should know this, all right? I do a, a a fantasy football podcast called Look Who's Chalking because we try to avoid the thing that everybody's doing, a.k.a. the chalk. Speaking of DraftKings, speaking of daily fantasy, speaking of sports betting, I want to welcome everybody here who has made their way over from the sports betting videos, which I've been doing a lot of lately. Now, to the longtime listeners... Maybe you've been noticing why there haven't been as many comedy videos in the recent stretch of time here. It's because I've been asked to do more videos for the company that I work for, which is Stochastic and more specifically Odd Shopper, where they do sports betting advice. So I create these entertaining betting videos and they've been doing very well. I've been making random people who I have no clue what they look like. Random people in ran. Some guy told me because of me, he was partying down in the bayou last Sunday. So do you imagine that some guy took the Saints partying on Bourbon Street because of me? That's actually getting a little scary because then I'm thinking about what if this guy puts it, this kid's going to put his kid's savings on a game because my ass says it in a basement somewhere? No, we can't be having that. Uh, but one of the other reasons, even though I don't want to be giving excuses, not ex- <laughs> oh God, Colin Cowherd, the guy who goes, well, remember there are excuses and there are reasons because he tries to say, don't give excuses. But then when he needs one, he goes, whoa, whoa, hold on. Well, that's a reason. There are excuses and there are reasons. The convenient flip-flop 
from excuses to reasons when you actually have to provide an excuse. So I'm not going to give you an excuse. I'm going to give you a reason. I traveled on Tuesday, the day before Wednesday, which I normally would record it, then getting it out to you on Tuesday, even though I never even get it out to you on Wednesday. So I don't even know what usually I'm referring to, but I was traveling. I was traveling. And no matter how many times I go through the airport, I've shared a couple of airport experiences with you. I have a whole new plethora of things to say about the experience. Number one, this time that I went through, I just told you guys that I welcomed people from the Odd Shopper sports betting channel that I've been making videos on. Well, when I was home, I grabbed the best prop you can ever have for sports betting type of videos. And I actually told a story about this on the podcast a couple months ago, year ago. I don't know how time goes. Hey, I'm not on the stand in court. You know, I, I use Snapchat as my guide. But I told this story about how I bought the million dollar belt when I was young. And then I tried to bring it to Boston and I took it to the airport and had to put it through security. And then they were like, what, what is it? Are you some sort of champion? And because I was a teenage asshole, I said, yes, I am. This time around, I, I got the belt when I was home. And at first I was, I was asking my friends, well, well, what do I do? I mean, what, I'm going to bring this thing now. There's increased security since then. Am I, is there going to be a big thing? Are they going to confiscate it from me? One of my friends was like, just wear it. Just literally wear the belt around your waist. Like, no, this is just my belt. What are they going to do? And I was honestly contemplating it for a little bit, but I just thought, come on, they're going to let this thing through. But I just didn't want that whole scene of being pulled off a line and everyone's looking, what's in this guy's bag? However, there was a little part of me that was actually thinking about how funny it would be if that happened. Well, I went through the airport line and sure as shit, they pulled me off to the side and said, sir, we have to go through this, pulled me around. And I already started giggling because as the guy's unzipping, he goes, is there anything sharp in this bag? And I said, well, uh, a little bit, <laughs> but it's not a knife or anything. And then he was like, what the fuck? He started to have a worried look, unzips the bag, sees, because I tried to wrap it up. And then he, he unwraps it and then just sees the million-dollar belt looking at him. And I'm talking about a real replica, not some rinky-dink styrofoam $20 replica. This was the million-dollar belt. It was heavy. And this guy pulls it out, and I was like, I, I know this is real wild. I, I, I was like, it's, it's hard to explain. He goes, the million-dollar man? And I was like, you know Ted DiBiase? What are the odds that a guy... Working airport security knows who Ted DiBiase is, the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, a wrestler from the 80s and 90s, and maybe you could say stretch to the early 2000s. I put it at 9%. I put it at 9% because I guess he was popular then, but still, the odds of somebody, it's not like it was a picture of the guy, it was just the belt in a bag. The first thing you would think of, like, what kind of idiotic accessory has become popular and tell me about it? No. No, but the guy smiled, and, and I guess he was a wrestling fan, and he he let me on my way there. And I went through the airport with that million-dollar belt, and I brought it back so that I could use it because there's no better prop for sports betting videos than something called the million-dollar belt. Every single person who presses enter on a bet, they're hoping to be the next true million-dollar man. So to have that belt, it's just the perfect prop to add into the background of the set for my videos. Also, when going through the airport, 
I realized that I have a newfound appreciation. I never really thought about this. A newfound appreciation for people who actually put themselves together, and specifically guys. Guys who dress up in a... It doesn't have to be a full suit, because I know people always used to dress in full suits to get on a plane. Look, I'm not asking for that level of dedication, but this guy had like a polo, nice pants on, he parted his hair, looked like a guy you wouldn't mind asking a question to, because that's how I always judge people. Like, would I look at that guy and ask him a question? And this guy, oh, I would ask him a question. Do you know where this shuttle goes and where it transfers out to? He looked reliable to answer generic questions. And I just respect that. He showed up to the airport like an absolute gentleman. I don't show up like a full slob, but I don't, I'm not a full gentleman. I went with, you know, form-fitting jeans and like a fitted t-shirt. And someone did ask me a question. So maybe that's my little tip of the cap saying, don't worry, you're in the decent variety section or whatever, because you know for sure nowadays people think this place is their bathroom. They think the plane is their private bathroom. There's people barefoot changing the channels on the touchscreen TV with their pinky toe. It's a whole nightmare. Now, I know people have hit upon this all the time. If you watch stand up, you watch or listen to other podcasts. They talk about, I know Bill Burr always talks about the animals and he talks how people who wear socks are technically worse than people who go barefoot because it's like a mop just soaking up all the dirt along the way. You're walking along that airplane to the bathroom and it's just taking all the dirt with it, the sock. And that's just how people are. So I really have a newfound appreciation for people who act like civilized individuals. But with that said, the reason I confine it to guys, I realize there's something inherently sexy about a girl on a plane in like leggings and an oversized college sweatshirt. And I was thinking about, I'm like, why, why do I like this? Why do I like looking at this girl who's dressed down as I repeatedly rip on any sort of other guy or older person who looks disheveled. And then I thought about it. Oh yeah, I figured it out. It's because the only other time that they would be wearing something like that in your vicinity would be if you were fortunate enough to like be with this hot girl in like intimate settings. Like that's how she would dress in her place on Sundays when she's just lounging around. You would never see her like that. So your mind falsifies, oh, nice. Even though you'll never be with someone like that. The closest you will get to be to the next to that hot girl wearing those things is right there in aisle 14 of that airplane because it ain't ever happening in real life. And I, I figure that I think that's why they look sexy on planes. Oh, oh sexy, sexy, sexy. So yeah, part of the reason why I didn't record this earlier was because I was traveling and as I told you last week, I'm an off-peak guy. I'm an off-peak traveler, an off-peak go-to-the-grocery-store kind of guy. I told you one of my scams of the week was going grocery shopping 45 minutes before the store closes because they restock the shelves for the next day and you got a fresh assortment of things. I'm an off-peak guy, an off-peak traveler. And it was Tuesday, and guess what? The plane was mostly empty. Yet another benefit. Yet another benefit. Because what do they want you to do nowadays? They want you to select your seat, which costs money. But if you do that on a plane that's relatively empty, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what the seats are because there's legitimately empty rows. There's empty rows back there. Anytime you go to fly on an off-peak day 
and it goes to select your seat. And you know how if you click on any seat, it shows you a price now because they try to just really give you death by a thousand needles. They'll show you a price says $48. Then by the time you choose a bag and you choose your seat, it's up to $375. Yeah. So the next time, if you're ever an off-peak flyer such as myself and you see multiple rows empty on this flight, go with that bluff option, hit next, say, yeah, I'll take the assigned seating because there's going to be multiple rows empty. And when there are that many rows empty, they'll always give you a window or aisle. They default to the middles absolutely last. And I can tell you I've done this more than once. Not because I can't upgrade the seat, just because I don't like their strategy of nickel and diming you. And now similarly, remember what it used to be on most airlines? Ah, oh, well, you got to pay for a check bag, but you get the carry on and the personal item. Well, now I'm sure you've seen what they've been doing. Even the carry on is gone. Even airlines like JetBlue, who I have nothing bad to say about, and I'll get to that in a second or two, but even JetBlue now, they offer you Blue Basic, but now what was the standard is now the Blue Basic, and that doesn't even come with a carry-on. So they want you to choose carry-on. Now you're already up $30 on your $100 ticket, and this is really how they start to nickel and dime you. Fortunately for you... I have a scam. It's a scam. That's a scam. What a scam that was. So this was all a scam, huh? And this is the scam of the week. I know you guys don't have the balls to actually trust me with something like this because you're going to go on a flight and it's like, am I really going to go with his scam? Go with the scam of the week. Trust me when I tell you this. If you're going to fly and you're on, for example, JetBlue or Delta and you click the basic and they don't allow you to have a check bag, but they do allow you to have that personal item. You know, that classic vague term, the personal item when they go, yeah, anything that goes under the chair. Well, when you go up there, no one says, let me see the difference between whatever. Maybe in the old days when you had your printed ticket out and then you handed it to them, they made sure that what they showed you or that what you showed them was verified. And then they would maybe say something like that. But when now you're pulling it from the wallet on your iPhone and then quickly scanning it at the counter yourself, nobody is cross-referencing what you purchase with what you have on your phone, and it never gets checked. I told you guys about a year ago my scam of the week was just bored with whatever the hell group you want and then take the freshest part of the overhead bins when you didn't even pay to bring on a carry-on. This is literally an old scam of the week combined with a new scam of the week where you board with group A, even though you're clearly not in group A, and now you put your carry-on, which you didn't even pay for, in the best open carry-on space. And it's all thanks to the barcode ticket. And man, that would be hilarious if some JetBlue executive was listening to this and starts to put the clamps down on that. Because when they call boarding group A, boarding group B, yes, if you have a printed out ticket, yes, you hand it to them and then they'll look like, oh, you're in the wrong one. But when you have the barcode, they don't check shit. They don't ask to see your phone. They just say, place your phone down on the thing. Because it's a weird thing for them to say, oh, give me your phone. No, I don't feel comfortable with that. And you place that down. It scans it in and you just walk forward. Nobody is doing the, oh, what's the carry-on? No, no, they don't check anything. And I promise you, this this has been done more than... Forget about the boarding. I've boarded with Group A the last 70 flights. That's a guaranteed scam. But now that they've tried this upgrade to a carry-on bag, well, it works for that scam as well. It's the scam that keeps on giving. It's the... 
Don't upgrade. Carry on scam. So that's exactly what I did. I had no carry on on this flight, even though I had the million dollar belt in a book bag. And I scanned in with my digital ticket and walked right on the plane. And that was about it. And I used whatever overhead bin that I deemed appropriate for myself because I had the whole area to choose from. And if you're one of these people who have been screwed in the past because, you know, you sat in the back section and you boarded with your zone F dead last and they said, ah, sorry, sir, we're going to have to check that. Yeah, it is because of someone like me. But that's why someone like me gets hired to do sports gambling videos because I think Two steps ahead of the curb. One step ain't deep enough. I need to see around that corner to make sure Jeepers Creepers ain't there. And that will actually perfectly bring me to my next point. And that is, I saw or attempted to see Jeepers Creepers Reborn. You guys know my affinity for horror movies, but I'm not going to go there just yet because I ain't done with this airplane and I do need to give them some credit. So while I do not agree that JetBlue should somehow charge us just for a carry-on when they didn't used to. I will say this, you should fly on your birthday. I'm not willing to say that that's scam of the week worthy, but it's definitely a tip of the week because if you fly on your birthday, I suppose when you buy the ticket and you input your information and you're flying on the day that actually is your birthday, it flags the system and they know, oh, we have a birthday traveler because when I was on this flight, I didn't talk to anybody the whole way. They brought me free drinks, courtesy of JetBlue, with a card and everything. So I want to let you know they have a built-in system where if it's your birthday, they're going to give you some free stuff and give you some nice treatment. And then once they come over and say something, imagine if there's a hot girl in the area. Imagine it was that girl with the leggings. The girl with the leggings and the oversized sweatshirt all of a sudden I mean, guys, if you can somehow mastermind flying on your birthday next to a hot girl on JetBlue, oh, you're going to have yourself a free way in to talk to a hot girl wearing leggings and an oversized sweatshirt of a college team. And you might think, who the hell would go to that length just to get a first sentence in with a hot girl? Well, you're kind of listening to him right now. That's who. I'm sick. And I guess that's a good time to tell you that it was my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Eh, maybe that's another excuse, not an excuse or a reason as to why this didn't come out on a rusty Wednesday. Um, but for my birthday, I was taken kindly to see Smile, the horror movie. I believe I mentioned this a week or two ago where the marketing for the movie was they sent these creepy people into Major League Baseball stadiums and NFL stadiums to smile creepily for hours on end. And they did a great job. It was a great marketing campaign. People should do other weird shit like that. And I went to see the movie, and if you're a horror movie person such as myself, it was it was worth the watch. I told you, there are two level of horror movies. There are ones that are awful, beyond awful, but those you're watching for laughs because you're laughing at how funny it is that they think this is going to be scary, but they don't have the budget or the ability, and it's just hilarious. Then there's the real horror movies, the ones that they make, the Insidiouses, the ones with stars, you know, the Sinisters and Hereditary and Midsummer, all those types of movies. So I would say Smile was, you know, when you're looking at that Willy Wonka egg scale, you know, the good or bad or and send the bad ones down the chute. I wouldn't send that egg down the chute. It was a pretty good horror movie. They did a pretty good job. There was none of that nonsense that I talk about that, oh, yeah, they ruined the Scream franchise. They ruined this franchise. They ruined that franchise with the nonsense that's ruining all movies right now. However, I wasn't off the hook. 
I thought I can just enjoy it. I got greedy. I got greedy because after I got home from that, I watched another horror movie and my experience was not good. I watched Jeepers Creepers Reborn. And if you're thinking, what do you expect when you're watching a movie called Jeepers Creepers? Well, let me give you a little Jeepers Creepers briefing here. This was a very popular movie in the early 2000s. It had a budget. Justin Long was in it. It was a really good movie with a name that just sounds like it would be some garbage movie. But it was really good. And then the second one was about, you know, 40% is good, but that was par for the course at the time. The first one's a hit. Now we got to try to make money off the name of the first one. It's never as good. Then we come up with that third one on Netflix like eight years later. And then... We come out with Jeepers Creepers Reborn. The storyline is there's this thing that gets to come out and eat every like 26 years for like a week, some, you know, serious intermittent fasting or something. So this creature comes out and he gets to kill and eat as many people as he wants for, I don't know, 10 days. And then he's got to go back in his hole for like 26 years. Well, I guess it's been 26 years since the first movie came out. So that was a signal to me. Oh man, they probably put a little budget into this. This might actually be a decent movie. This movie was so bad that I quit out after 10 minutes, and I never do that. I never do that. I told you I don't even have a bar for horror movies. I can watch the worst of the worst. I've watched Unsane. Yeah, 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 not Insane. I've watched a movie called Unsane. I've watched a movie called Teeth, where a woman's vagina attacks men. I will watch the worst. This was beyond the worst. I paid $3.99 on Amazon to watch it, and I stopped watching it after 10 minutes. And then I came up with the idea, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You should have 10 minutes to actually return a movie. If a movie is that bad that you give the, oh, let me get my money back option, or even if it's 75% of the money and you just stop streaming it and stop watching it, that should be an absolute option on all these streaming platforms. Because you tell me, you know this whole Rotten Tomatoes and Flickster and IMDB scores, those can be easily manipulated. If you made it publicly available, the number of people who returned a stream within the first 15 minutes, oh yeah, I think that's going to be a better indicator than anything else. You just heard on this podcast right now, the best invention for movie making that's ever existed. Knowing what people actually think via hard metrics. No, no, no. You don't pay some newspaper to write something nice. You don't pay somebody to do this. You don't have the IMDB group or like, you know, you've seen on Rotten Tomatoes, Chappelle, one of the best comedians of all times, get his stand-up specials, get what, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, because that's right. No, no, no. The return factor and the continued watching factor should be available to all of us because that's the true indicator. Did they keep watching? We watch. Did they keep watching? And we remember. But really, this is one of those things, a million dollar idea that's just going to go to the wayside. You know, there's that saying, the saddest thing in life is wasted talent. And then I've one up that and I said, the saddest thing in life is undiscovered talent. Well, I'm going to say the most inconvenient thing in life is not having a service that is out there in theory, but isn't implemented for a variety of reasons. And in this particular case, it's because I don't know, I don't feel like doing something like that. 
I just want to be that classic lazy guy who comes up with the idea. Yeah, make an app where uh, you see a hot girl, swipe to the right, and then you meet up with her. And if you don't like someone, swipe to the left. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do any of the research or marketing. But that's my idea. And now go make it. Now I'm going to take the lazy approach, give you a great idea, say this would change the world. And then I'll go on to more idiotic topics that are going to help nobody, like the million-dollar belt now being in my possession. The million-dollar championship belt. Wow. So yeah, technically it's my birthday. Don't expect me to be one of those birthday celebrators, these people who stretch their birthdays for months. I know it's maybe cliche to get angry at people like that, but I'm going to tell you why mostly. I had an old boss and he hated people asking off for their birthday. And he was the coolest guy, great guy to work for, but he had a pet peeve about people taking off on their birthdays. And he was an honest guy too. In a funny way, non-threatening, funny guy. And he would just be honest with you. This kid asked for off. He goes, it's your birthday. How funny is it to hear that, by the way? Like, yeah, well, I just seen if I could take off. He goes, he goes, your birthday. And almost making somebody feel fucking bad for even asking. And when people asked him, my old boss, he gave just a real simple answer. And I can't say I disagree. He goes, well, you didn't do anything to earn that. Like, you didn't achieve anything. You didn't earn your birthday. You just had it. And I agree with that. He was like, anything you do, really, any sort of achievement, I'm de- go out, celebrate. I'll be there if you want me to come. But your birthday, what did you do for that? You just existed. And now you're what? You're really celebrating the fact that you survived. You, you didn't die. You're still here. And now you want everyone to show up somewhere for that. And I, I hate to say it, kind of agree with him. Kind of agree with him. You know, I'm a big achievement celebrator. You should be very thrilled, very excited. Achievements are hard to come by. You should have yourself a little celebration of some sort when you do something, but just making it another year, okay, one little night, but none of this Applebee's singing, having people do more than one event, making people spend money and do all this stuff. So none of that for me, and that's why I really cemented that by flying on my birthday, almost to prove a point to nobody. I don't know who I was proving this to, that I care about it so little, I'm literally traveling on it, and I was rewarded. I was rewarded with the free JetBlue stuff. And imagine JetBlue knew that I was double scamming them by not selecting a seat and not selecting a carry-on bag, and then they're giving me free drinks. Oh, they wouldn't be happy about that. They would not be happy about that. They should have said, don't you have enough free stuff from us? But I'll tell you a quick, funny L.A. birthday story. I've told you a couple times, uh, if you're a regular guy, you're a good-looking guy, you're a random guy in your prime. If you're in Los Angeles, you're not meeting a woman. Now, there's no such thing as meeting girls in L.A. unless you've got some serious pull. I told you many times, it's a constant size up. When I had my friend on the podcast, he explained it. It's just a different ball game. And once again, you're one of those, oh, sounds like a bit. No, we went on vacations. We came back to New York. Everything was just fine. In LA, it's a nightmare. So, you know, if someone comes along, you don't just say no. How crazy is that, by the way? I mean, you want to talk about supply and demand. I mean, you immediately are at the bottom of the barrel. So I remember... (laughs) I met this girl. She had somebody come up to me at the LA version of the San Gennaro feast. It's an awful imitation of it. That's near Hollywood and Highland. It's right behind where they shoot Kimmel. Um, I forget if he's somehow affiliated with it. And I was walking through, I think I had a Francesco Totti jersey on. And she sent over a friend, like a, a guy friend of hers. 
came up to me and was like, hey, you know, like uh, my friend over there wants to talk to you. He picked the wrong guy if he secretly liked her and just thought it was going to be some joke because I was like, all right, tell her to come over here. I'll say what's up. She, oh, yeah, she looks cute. And it turns out I found out at a later date, like this completely backfired. That guy like liked her or something like that. He never thought some stranger was going to be like, oh, yeah, come over here. Let's make combo. But, you know, he wasn't in the dust bowl known as <laughs> trying to meet women in Los Angeles. You take any cup of water, no matter where it's from. doesn't matter if it's tap. You're not getting Dizani. You're getting that brown tap water out of the bathroom in a Motel 6. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So she comes over. She's just fully Russian. She is a Russian with a very thick accent, with like a cute doll-looking face, a round doll-looking face. And we exchange numbers and I end up going out with her because, you know, who is better than going out with? Nobody. I go out with her. This is one of the, uh, I'm not going to say dumb, but now that I've already said it, you know, I was thinking it. I remember we went out like literally, I mean, this is like a chalk date, but like we've got some ice cream and then after I'm driving and she goes to me and it's in this weird, excited accent, almost like you pulled a string on a doll, you know, you know, she was like, oh my God, the moon was over there. It's over there now. And I just looked over like, what? I went, but you can't complain. You want to go back to not meeting a girl for six months? So I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> And I hung out with this girl like two or three times and it happened to be right before my birthday. So my friends and I are going out for my birthday. We meet at a bar that's popular in Los Angeles. I'm not even going to say the name because I'm so disgusted that I was such a, I, I did the cliche thing. I went to this bar for my birthday and I invite her there. So my friends are there. She's there. This one girl from my acting class actually showed up. I told her that uh, that we were going there and she came. And I guess this Russian thought that, I don't know, maybe she was somewhat interested in me simply because she showed up. And weirdly enough, I wasn't interested in her. Uh, you guys, I know what you're thinking. I would tell you if I was interested in her. I got none. I've said awful things on here. <laughs> Not that bad. But I would have told you if I was into her. I wasn't. She was actually maybe one of two friends that I had in the acting class. She showed up just to say hello. And this other, the Russian, I don't know what the hell she got like so jealous and so weird. I, I really did. I couldn't even communicate with this girl properly. I was just hanging out with my friends. The night's kind of rounding out to a close. I think she's being pouty off to the side. I don't know. Maybe someone else tried to talk to her or something. So she was just engaging with someone else. And I remember once my friends started leaving, I got in a cab with one of them and we left I know it probably wasn't the best thing in the world. I don't know what the situation was around us, but I can assure you it's not like we were dating. We'd hung out like two times and I just left. I, I don't remember exactly if I was fed up and the crime was one of those LA nights where you just get pissed off and want to leave. I had quite a few of those, but I left with my friend. We went back to my place. We picked up some food on the way and she sent me a text that we still reference to this day. It is hilarious because I just hear it in the Russian accent and my friends who were there and they heard how she spoke, they kind of hear it that way too. And when you read the text, she put in two texts, the first text saying, oh, great, you leave bar and don't tell me. <laughs> and then the second text in all caps, way to go, way to go, a 
huge way to go with a bunch of O's. And when me and my friends read that, look, I know it's not nice. I don't ghost people. I don't do it was a situation where maybe I, I think I don't want to give myself a fake excuse to get off the hook. This was a long time ago. I believe she was talking to somebody else and it probably even looked like they were flirting. So I was like, you know what? Good. And I, I left. And then I got that classic text. Who knows if she was maybe trying to make me jealous. I couldn't understand the girl half the time anyway. So I left and then my friend was standing. I was like, oh, she texted. I opened it and he saw it with me. And we just looked at each other, had that moment and bawled out laughing. So if I ever do something now and and he wants to either rip on me, use it facetiously, or if I give him a winning bet, if I give him a winning bet, like I've been doing on that Odd Shopper channel these last couple of weeks, He'll just go, thanks for the bet. Oh, my God. Oh, I wish, I wish, I wish I had an old iPhone so I could restore that. And, oh, I, I would do anything to see that right now. Way to go on my birthday. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, I think that just about does it for this week. That is a solid filling of tomfoolery i don't know if that was an extra large serving but that was definitely like the number one with large fries and i appreciate you guys for being patient once again i I think i should have just taken this week off and then uploaded this on wednesday maybe that's what i'll do maybe i'll hold this up so if you're listening to this before wednesday i didn't take my own advice if you got this on wednesday just know you were going to get it before the end of the last week I appreciate you guys coming back. If there are people who came here from the sports betting videos, welcome. I hope you enjoyed whatever you want to just call what we experienced right there. And hopefully you're all back next week. My new listeners, my old listeners, and everyone in between. And until then... Way to go! Take it easy.